0: Welcome to this teaching from Calvary Chapel Divine, Texas. Calvary Chapel Divine is just a casual church for everyone. We meet in a common place, and we just simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. One of the things that we do emphasize is the sun, salt, and light. We want you to know and grow in the sun, Jesus, but be the salt and the light in this world. If you'd like to get more information on the church we meet on sundays at 10 a.m on wednesday nights at 7 p.m you can either come in person or watch online but you can also submit a prayer request or if you have any questions about the church at all you can just go to our website at calvarydivine.org that's calvarydivine.org here's today's teaching so i entitled this uh the sower the seed the good soil and the one who accepts it uh, and we'll look at it in three parts. We have the parable of the sower, the seed, and the soil, in verses one through nine. The parable with purpose, in verses ten through twelve. And the parable to understand, in verses thirteen through twenty. So last week, as we we dove into Scripture, we 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 left off with um, we left off with with Jesus dealing with. Um, the different opposition that he had and and this week what we see is the crowds are gone he can't go into the synagogue anymore it's become a hostile place and so now he's going to speak to the people the crowd at the sea and he's going to do that from the boat one of the things that i want you to get from this and in that verse and verse 9 it says and he said he who has ears to hear let him hear and, and one of the things that we have to understand is there are so many biblical uh, illustrations of body, whether it's your eyes. You know, you have Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. You have uh, your hair in, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 30, but even the hairs of your head are all numbered. But what we're dealing with in these verses is the heart. It's the heart. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 says, The Lord says that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And then in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 and 10, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds and so you know one of the things that we remember is that uh jesus had all of his family last week they said he was out of his mind and his family's like we got to take you home and 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 jesus is like who are my mothers who are my brothers they're they're the ones that are here that are with me uh that are going to follow god and so that's where we left off and now we see the parable of the sower right the parable of the sower he's leaving the synagogue now he's going to teach this parable and so in verse one we're going to see the parable of the sower the seed and the soil and so real quick the sower is jesus right but then who's the sower going to be the apostles then who's the sower's you you're the one who's going to go out and share the gospel so make sure you get that the seed is the word of god okay that's the word of god that's what we share the gospel and then what's the soil the soil is each different person and you're going to share it to different different types of soil and that's what we're going to find out today so first verse here we have again he began to teach besides the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and set uh sat in it let me see where i'm at here i was trying to make sure of time because i know we got communion today i apologize uh he got into the boat and sat in it on the sea and the whole crowd was beside him, uh, beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things and parables. And in his teaching, he said. And so he, one of the things he's doing is he's using the sea, and the sea actually provides amplification because when, the, when sound hits water, it actually goes out. And, and so he's, he's somewhere where the people can hear. Okay, He didn't have microphones and cameras and all that stuff back then. You know, you had to you had to use what you had. And so he used the boat because why? The crowds were so big, they were going to do what? Crush him. And so he has to be somewhere where he can sit and teach and and not worry about the crowd pressing in on him at this point. And so that's what's happening, but he's going to teach them in a parable. So what is a parable? This is very important that we get this. So parable is literally something that cast alongside something else. So Jesus's parables were true were stories that were cast alongside a truth in order to illustrate that truth. So his parables were teaching aids and could be used as extended uh, analogies or inspired comparisons. So uh, one of the things that he would do is, is he would give the parable to make the person think. Why? Why is this? You know, well, if it says this, then what is this? And it's like that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you to 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 actually, and that's actually what the Word of God should do when you come to hear the teaching or, or you're in reading the Word of God. It should, it should cause you to think and to, to actually engage you to want to learn more. And so, um, so he's going to teach in parables. And this is, you know, the next probably two weeks, three weeks. We're going to see parable after parable. Uh, as, as we go through it It says in verse 3 Listen behold a sower went out to sow And so when he says Listen behold he's saying hey look Be attentive I need your ears and your eyes On me and I forget what uh, oh, I'm trying to remember what she used to say You know what I'm talking about because she would do That's not what I'm talking about coyote ears And she would, we would do that At VBS. Uh, it was coyote ears Ears up to listen the coyote's ears go up to listen. I know y'all probably thought I went rock, rock and roll. I'm not doing that. Uh, but it was coyote's ears go up. And they would say that for the VBS to get the kids to quiet down and listen. And, and, and that was like, that's kind of what Jesus is saying when he says, behold. Like he's saying, hey, look, this thing has meaning. You need to hear what I'm saying. It's kind of like what a parent would do with a kid. You know, I need you to Listen. And that's hard sometimes because a kid can, then go 100 miles a minute. But it's like, we, I need you to listen to what I'm, what I'm fixing to share. And so he says, the sower went out to sow. And so he's, he's giving you the, 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 the parable through the lens of the, of the sower, right? And, and he's also going to you know, show you, uh, and, and again, this is us, Jesus being the sower. And, and as Jesus is the sower, He's, gonna, he's trying to make sure the apostles get this because the apostles are going to be the sower. They're going to go out and share the gospel. And then guess what? You need to understand that because you're going to go out and share the gospel as a follower of Christ. And he says in verse 4, And he sowed some seed and fell along the path, and the birds came to devour it. Now actually birds, in this case, and in the, in the, the word that's used here in the blue letter Bible is actually birds are meant in this verse as evil. They're considered evil, and when it says that it snatched them up, that's Satan snatching the, snatching it up before it can take root. It's getting it's getting snatched out of the air before it even hits the ground, right? And and it's actually dealing with hard hearts. It's dealing with hard hearts. In Luke chapter eight, verse five, it says, "And the birds of the uh, of the uh, the, uh, the birds of the air devoured it. They 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 ate it up before it could even." Could even take root; they ate it up before it could even be trampled on. They just went at it. In verse five, it says, "The other seed fell uh, fell on rocky ground where it uh, did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away." Now, these are the shallow ground is what this is. And anybody who's dealt with trying to plant a garden in Texas. You know that there are rocks everywhere in Texas. It doesn't matter the field. There's a field by my sister-in-law's house that's going to be nothing but houses. Somebody bought it. And if you look at it, it is a a field of rocks. And I'm like, how are they going to get all those (laughs) rocks out of here? But that's what he's saying. It's like there's no way for this seed to take root and then if it if it tries to what happened the sun burns it up it's a heart problem it's a it's a shallow heart it's flimsy it's cosmetic and so the response it it it, it's a hindrance to the word so the seed could not could not get in and the seed couldn't uh the, the second thing is the seed couldn't take root it had no root see the word of god has to have roots in our hearts it requires good soil. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12 says, Sow for yourself righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. You know, when I read that verse, I was like, man, it's like some of us need to get the plow out, the plow of conviction. And there's some heart, parts of our hearts that are gotten hard, and we need to break that stuff up so the Word of God can take root. And, and so we want that seed to, to take root. We want it to be planted. And we want the, the rain from heaven just to rain down on us and let that, that grow in us. And so we continue to grow. Verse 7 says, Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. So the, the divided heart is what this is. This is the heart that's divided. I kind of like the things in the world, but I kind of like Jesus. And eventually, the things of the world take over Jesus. It's, it's, it's a, a heart that, that's being disputed over uh, with the world. And, and it means that the Word of God eventually gets choked out. And, and before the Holy Spirit being, can accomplish the work that needs to be accomplished in that person's life. could be that person that comes to no faith and 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 i mean the shallow heart and the divided heart both of them can come in a heartbeat boom i'm I'm, i want to run to the lord and their heart gets divided or it's it's emotions they just say the prayer and then there's no they never come to church they never (laughs) it was just that a you know I, i think about harvest with greg glory it's at a harvest they say the prayer, give their hearts to Christ, and then there's nothing else after that. And, and so that's the shallow heart. This is the divided heart. The divided heart, it doesn't, allow, it doesn't allow room for anything else. And it chokes the word out. It eventually chokes the word out. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. So if you sow into the world, what are you going to reap? The world eventually it's going to catch up to you and it's going to choke out those those um, those areas of your heart and and eventually that's why people backslide hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 says take care brothers lest there be any of you an evil and unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living god what that means is there is a, a heart that is that would drift that's what a divided heart does it drifts away In verse 8 it says, And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now the good soil, one of the things that we need to notice is, the good soil is doing what? They're actually allowing the word of God to penetrate their heart. They repent. They follow God. and, And then... They, the, the seed takes root and it begins to grow but I want you to get this yielding 30 fold and 60 fold and 100 fold some Christians you turn that hose on and they, they don't want just the little I've said this before they don't want the little drinking you know the hose you have outside they want you to get the fire hydrant that's how much God they want and God you can you can have as much as you want you can you can go for it and and do what God's calling you to do but I think what happens is you have some that are 30-fold 60-fold hundred fold because that's just how they are you know it's it's there's different depths of soil right different depths of soil and and what happens and one of the things I thought about think about your grass right now some of you got pretty grass but there's some weeds coming in now, what happens if we don't tend to the weeds? They'll choke out all that grass. And eventually, a hundredfold of grass will become 60-fold. And then if it gets worse, it becomes 30-fold. And so that's what we see sometimes. And, and you'll be like, man, that dude was on fire for the Lord. And then, yeah, they're, they're kind of, I don't know, something's going on, and they just, they just kind of sit back. Or they have a tribulation happen or a trial happen and they get knocked back. And there are seasons, and we understand that. There are seasons in in serving. There are seasons in ministry. There are seasons in life. As you have a little one, it's different seasons. When you were younger and you weren't married, you could go do the youth retreat, right? You could take the week off and go do that. You can't do that now. It's a different season, and it's okay, right? One of the things that we look at is, like, in order for us to have good soil, it's in John chapter 15, verses 4 through 5. It says it plain and simple. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it, it is that bears much fruit. And this is the key that you need to underline in that verse. In John chapter 4, 15, verse 4, 4 and 5 for apart from me you can do nothing that's the thing that that messes people up because they think well i can go do this thing and it's going to be successful and god's going to bless it and it's like if god's not in it what are you doing you know you you need to be abiding in christ and doing what christ is calling you to do and and when he says he who has ears to hear let him hear what he's saying is he wants you to listen intently intently because look there there are different soils here there are there there are things that we're going to see as we break this down further that that people are going to reject the gospel their ears will turn off as soon as you say do you know jesus they'll get argumentative guess what that what kind of seed is that that's the seed that's being what snatched away that's the devil snatching it away and you know what happens to that person Every time you share with them, the harder their heart gets. It gets harder. And and so we need to understand like when we hear this, there are going to be people that reject the gospel. It's okay. You just keep keep sharing. You keep sharing. It's not up to you to make the roots grow. That's very it's, it's not up to you to prepare the soil. That's that's not your job. You share the gospel. And you allow God to work. Do you come alongside and disciple that person? Yeah, you know that that's very important. Discipleship is is so important. And and unfortunately, you know that's that's where a lot of people struggle uh, because they're they're not being discipled, or they're 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 trying to be lone Christians, and, and it doesn't work. So the warning that we should see is when he says he who has ears, let him hear, he's warning us to abide, to abide in the gospel. Don't reject it. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says, Now is the day of, uh, day of salvation, individual, heart, you choose to hear, so are Jesus, the word, seeds, and, and being spread. And so he's saying the day of salvation is today. Today. You may not have tomorrow it may not be here tomorrow you may not be here tomorrow see we take that for granted every day you wake up thinking you're going to wake up we're not promised that the day of salvation is today if you go to bed tonight what kind of soil did you go to bed with was it good soil The next breath you take is with Jesus and he's, you got to answer to all that stuff. That's why it says in John chapter fifteen, verses six through eight. It says, "If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and what? Burned. Burned. For some reason, people don't think there's a hell. I, I'm here to tell you there is. You you choose not to follow Christ." While you're living on this earth, your destination is hell. And we'll get into that as we get a little bit further. But we need to be very close, pay close attention. That's what Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says, Therefore we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. That's what happens when you stop reading your Bible. You start drifting away from your relationship with God. And, and unfortunately, we've seen that in the church. It, it's time to come back to your first love. You know? It is. It is. We see in verse 10, it says that we, we're going to look at the parable with a purpose here. Because he tells them to listen, and then we're going to find out that they don't understand. And that's okay to ask somebody when you don't understand something. It's, don't berate them, just, just answer the question. Right. In verse 10, it says, and we, when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked, asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but those outside, everything is in parables. So the secret of God, is it a secret? No, it's been made known. Okay, everybody can come to know faith. That's what Jesus is saying. The secret of God, it, it has been made known. I'm here to tell you it's been made known. And, and so he's saying, I want to make sure that you, you understand this parable because you're going to go out and teach it. You've got to share it. And that's what he's, he's looking at them going, you, you have to be able to understand this, to understand the meaning and, and understand what God is trying to do to send you out. And that's one of the things that I pray is like you don't you don't come here or go to any other church to hear some celebrity pastor. I think it's cool when we have people that come in and teach, or we have uh, you get to hear somebody else. That's awesome. But you know what you're there for? I'm not there to listen to Ryan Reese. I'm not there to listen to Pastor Joe or Pastor Ron Arbaugh. I'm there to hear from God, because it's His Word that's being taught we forget that you're not here for me at all you're here to hear from the word of god and that's the thing that that breaks that soil up it's when the the word of god hits our hearts and it breaks that soil up and that's what we pray for we pray that you you have understanding we pray that you that it would correct and reproof and convict and rebuke that's what we want it's you know, at the end of the day, we have to be careful because what we'll do is we'll follow certain celebrity pastors online or we'll follow certain, and well, I can only listen to that person or I can only listen to that person. And it's like, you're not there to listen to them. You're there to hear them teach the Word of God. That's what you're there for, to hear God's Word. And we forget that. I'm just a vessel, a rusty, nasty old tool that God uses twice a week. And guess what? He can pick out an, another tool and put somebody here and still have them teach the Word. Because it's God's Word that, that that's what needs to go out. And, and so we see in verse, uh, verse 12, it says, So that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. So he's saying, look, what happens here is this is they are stiff-necked and they reject the gospel because their hearts are hard and they will not follow regardless. Of their, their, you, know, you can keep sharing with them and keep sharing with them and you hope that they'll come to know Christ. But at this point, they're acting stiff-necked. They don't want to understand the parable. They don't want to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. It's been made known and yet they don't care. And that's what he's getting at. In, in Matthew chapter 13, verses 13 through 15, it's actually he's sharing the, uh, the quote from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. It says, This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing that they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is, is fulfilled that it says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart was grown dull, and with their ears they barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. So Isaiah is actually saying, look, this is they're spiritually dead. The nation was spiritually dead at that time as well. And then what ended up happening? They got destroyed. As, you know, They were taken over by the Syrians and, and by the Babylonians because they, were, they had hard hearts. They didn't want to hear. They didn't care. And, and let me tell you, you have a lot of people in this culture that don't care, that are going to blow you off. But you know what you do is you keep sharing. But you probably have a family member that has a hard heart and you go, I try to share, but they don't listen. You know what you do is we start praying for them. You stick them in the prayer box. You, you submit, you go online and do a prayer request. Because let me tell you something, I got stuck in the box. And the whole family did. Now all of us came to know Christ. And you know what it was? It wasn't just the family member trying to share Jesus with us. What it was, it was the body of Christ coming together to pray that that hard heart, that fallow heart would be broken up enough to where the seed could take root. Enough to where God's word could, on my dull ears, on my hard heart, and my closed eyes, that I could open them enough and hear enough to say I need Jesus. And guess what? That happens. It happens. And, and we, we cannot, you know, stop sharing with them just because they're it may not be you that can share with them you may have been if it irritates them and they get angry with you you need to pray for them and pray that God sends somebody to share with them it happens and but you just keep, you keep going at it you know one of the things that we're going to talk about this past week and we won't have time to get into it but you know um, you know when we talk about Predestined because the Calvinisms believe that that you're you're either elected or you're not, and and it, I love with uh, Xavier Reese, Pastor Xavier Reese said, he goes, you can debunk the whole thing of Calvinism in, in in a couple of verses. I can put Judas on the stand and get and have his testimony because it says it here in Matthew chapter 27 verses 3 through 5. It says that when Judas his betrayer saw that Jesus was condemned he charged his mind, it, it changed his mind and, and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and to the elders saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is this to us? See, see to it yourself. So if somebody is, has no free will, they would not have figured that out. You get what I'm saying? So they said that, well, he was elected. Well, uh, if, if he was elected, how does he have free will to know that he did wrong? So that's, And we'll get into Calvinism and Armenianism. We'll have to talk about that. that's part of one of the, Cal, uh, the Calvary Chapel distinctives. And it's something that we, we will not have no part of. Um, and, and so I, we'll get into all of that. But it, what, it, what it is is that people won't choose to follow Christ. You have some that think, well, I'm already elected. I don't need to make that choice. You have Jehovah Witnesses that think, well, there's only 144,000 that are going. And that's wrong. Right? Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So we can cry, come Jesus, come, Maranatha, Maranatha. But how many of you have a family member that needs Jesus? You keep crying that out, and the second coming of Christ happened, you're going to get raptured, and they're going to be left behind. They need Jesus. And so that's why sharing the gospel is so important right now. People are willing to talk to you. They're angry. I mean, they'll be angry about anything. It doesn't matter. They're angry about everything. But see, God is slow to fulfill His promises. But what do people choose? They choose not to follow. But yet God is slow. He can come back. He can come back at any moment. John chapter 3 verse 19 says, And this is the judgment. The light has come into dark, to, to the world and people love, love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. And the question you have to ask yourself if you haven't made the choice to follow Jesus is in Revelation chapter 20 verses 12 through 15. It says, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. The books were opened up. Then another book was opened which is the book of life. And that's the book that your name better be written in if not you go into the great throne of judgment great white throne of judgment and you know it says that there are books of everything all it takes is one sin and you're guilty but they're going to Jesus is going to put everything you did on display boom to show your guilt you had a chance to follow me your destination is hell you're going to live for an eternity but it's going to be in hell You choose to follow here or not. Your name needs to be written in the book of life. And the the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. Right? And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and, and, and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death of Hades was thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death the lake of fire. If anyone's name, and this is very important, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Okay? Your, your sin will be judged. You choose not to repent and to, to ask Christ into your heart and become a follower of Jesus, your destination is hell. And I know that's not a great, you know, we love you type sermon, but that is I love you enough to tell you that. We have to repent. We have to repent. Uh, the The last little parable here is the parable to understand in verses 13 through 20, and it says, "And he said to them, Do you not understand the parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and and so." They had the capacity to understand, but but Jesus wants them to understand. Do you understand that? Like, even if you don't understand, you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you understand. And even if you have questions, that's what we're here for. We're here to try to answer those questions. My theolo- I mean, we can get into theological discussions and all that stuff. I'll gladly try to answer them. Sometimes I may not have the answer right off the bat. And I'll tell you, I'll get back with you. Let me do some research on it, and I'll get into it, and we'll f- figure it out. And sometimes, guess what? Doesn't matter. There ain't no answer. You have to take it in faith. There are some things you have to take in faith. But God wants you to understand. He's wanting you to understand these parables. He's wanting you to understand his word. So that word can take root in your heart. So he's asking and, and, and wanting. He's, he's saying, look, I want you to understand this. And in verse 15, he says, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they they hear, and this is where you see the explanation. Pretty self-explanatory, right? Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Now, what did he reference it to? Birds. The birds of the air came and what? Devoured. So, birds and Satan, that's what what that came, came in. And so those are the hard hearts. Those are the sinners that are unwilling to receive Christ. They reject it before you can even most of the time before you can get anything out of your mouth are they argumentative you know that's that's what it is because as soon as you're sharing boom the, the seeds are just being taken out it's being snatched away Matthew chapter 13 verse uh, 19 says when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it the evil one comes and snatches it away right and then it says and, and these are the, the sown, uh, and these are ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. So these guys right here are actually, or these guys and gals, are actually born, they're, they're born again. They, they hear the word of God, right? They have joy. It's emotion. But then because their hearts are so shallow, there's no place for that that root to take take place and, they, and then they fall or they backslide away and they're gone there's joy in it there's emotion in it and then, it, and then it's gone and then we have verse 17 and, and then they have no root in themselves but endure for a while then when tribulation or persecution arises in account of the word immediately they fall away and so one of the things I thought of is, is think about Ruth There were two people, right? You had Oprah, which is a mess within herself. Um, You have Oprah, and then you had Ruth. They were both offered, right? Who clung to to Naomi? It was Ruth. What did Oprah do? She kissed her mother-in-law goodbye and left. She's like, I'm out. Ruth stuck in there. She clung. It says in, 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 in Ruth chapter 1, verse 15, it says, But Ruth clung to her, and she said to her, Sister-in-law has gone back to her people, and to what? Her gods. Return after your sister-in-law, and she would not leave. Wouldn't leave her. Shallow hearts, they depart and endure for a season. They, they will, uh, they'll neglect the Word of God. They'll neglect prayer. Uh, church is not a priority, and Christ is not a priority, and that's why they disappear. They're there for a season and then gone. And I, I think about Grace Calvary Chapel. I, there are so many people, I think, that have come in and gone, and, 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 man, we've had so many that have stuck and stayed, which is awesome. But I, there are a couple of faces that I still remember that I, I wonder what happened to them. And, and just pray for them. Verse 18, it says, And other ones sown among the thorns, they, they, they are the ones who hear the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of the riches, the desires of other things, enter and choke the word and, and it proves unfruitful. So that's your divided heart. They're, they're, they're fruitful for a season, but guess what? Their job, their wealth, their worry, their lust for certain, certain things takes over. And then they have a partial commitment and then eventually they have no commitment. They just disappear. Because the word of God has been choked out. So the, the, the life is more important to them than the life to come. So instead of focusing on the eternal life, they're more focused on this life and what I'm supposed to get from this life, the stuff I'm supposed to have now. Because there's no real surrender uh, to, to Jesus. Uh, they find pleasure in wealth. And they find pleasure in their desires. In Timothy Timothy 6, verses 9 and 10, it says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into uh, many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people to ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils, and it is through the cravings that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. That last little bit where I don't like being pierced. I've never been pierced. I don't even like needles. I read that and I'm like, what do I want to do that for? Right? But that's what happens is we we desire and that word money is mammon. It can be anything of the world. Your desires become the world and it divides your heart and it chokes out the word of God. And I, I love Proverbs chapter 27 verse 20. The last part of it says, never satisfied are the eyes of man. Men love darkness, and, and and I read that verse as uh, you know, men just want a little bit more, just a little bit more. And we have to be very careful. We need to be pulling them weeds out. When you get that divided heart, you need to be you need to be tending your soil. If somebody comes and says, "Hey, man, I'm worried about you," listen to them. Don't go argue and yell and start fighting just you know what just listen to them listen to them. and then finally in verse 20 we see but the uh, those that were sown on the good soil are those who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30 fold and 60 fold and a fold and that is your tender heart that is the heart with good soil and that is somebody that that hears the word of god that hears the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is convicted, that repents, and asks Jesus in their heart, and then they, be, they begin to grow and they begin to bear fruit. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, it says, bear fruit in keeping with what? Repentance. How do you know if somebody's actually walking with God? They should bear fruit. How do you know if somebody's actually walked away from their sin? They should bear fruit. It says right there, bear fruit in keeping with what? Repentance. And so, what's our application? First one Do you tune in or do you tune out when you are reading or hearing the Word of God? It's awesome to have a great teacher, it really is. But one of the things I pray is that you remember that you're not there just to hear that person teach. I love listening to Pastor Chuck or I love listening to, I'm trying to think of some David Rosales and Mike McIntosh and Don McClure and all those guys. But I'm not there to listen to them. I'm there to hear from God. When they're teaching, they're teaching what? The Word of God. So that's, that's what I want you all to understand. When you come to, to, to church, you're coming to hear the Word of God um you're not coming to hear me god knows who would want to do that right and so you're coming to hear the word of god and i'm just that rusty tool that's spent time all week to prepare it you know um and and ask the holy spirit to to guide me and direct me through the scripture you know at the same time i love what second timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 says it says all scripture is breathed out by god and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. See, what I try to figure out is if the man of God or the woman of God is going to be complete in every good work, if they're not in the Word of God, how are they going to do that? That's the problem. Second, where is your heart today? And how is that soil? Do you got some weeds that need to be tended to? You know, have you you started having a divided heart with the world? Um, Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11 says, Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why? why will you die o house of Israel that's a, a amazing verse when when god gives you something back to back turn back turn back you know we we need to this is a heart check for us um and don't compare yourself to somebody else because that's not going to really that does no good well i'm better than that person you know because that that does no good my soil has got some it can take root theirs can't you know that's not going to work they got rocks in their (laughs) soil. you know what you need to do is worry about your relationship with god not your husband's relationship with god or your wife's relationship with god your relationship with god it's an individual relationship and so that's the most important thing so as we come to that is today is communion sunday so today, in order for us, and I probably should have told y'all, so I'll give you a little bit of time. So if you're at home, I should—I I told you on Wednesday, but hopefully you remembered, but I wouldn't remember. Um, if you're at home, go grab some juice, grab, grab some cracker or, or some bread, and you can do communion with us. Um, but communion is for believers only. And so I know everyone here, and I know that you are, but I don't know everyone out there and so are either that's going to listen to the podcast i want to give you the opportunity because we talked about hell and i don't want you to go there that's that's something that that i deeply deeply desire that doesn't happen um and and so it tells us very simply in john chapter 11 verses 25 and 26 jesus said to her i am the resurrection and the life whoever believes in me through uh, though he die yet he shall live And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die do that do you believe this and that's the question that you have to ask is do you believe this i think i saw something this past week from Gunger. big mess big mess jesus is buddha jesus is muhammad jesus I, i i it blew me away it's progressive christianity i can knock the theology out of that ...quickly in a couple of scriptures, but it was like, I can't believe that. But don't let people trick you into thinking there are many roads to heaven... ...because we just read the scripture that tells you, you know, Jesus is the only way. There's no other way. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 27 and 28 says, "...whoever therefore eats of the bread and drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner... ...will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup so in order for us to participate in communion you have to be a believer and so there are four things that need to happen to receive christ you need to one admit you're a sinner right Uh, i know i didn't want to do that i knew that i was a sinner but i always thought the good would outweigh the bad and then I just realized I was so bad I was never going to catch up I was just hoping that God would be like a lot of people think they're going to get to the great white throne of judgment and you're going to think God you love me and no you're being judged you had your chance but God's just going to God is love he's going to let me in no God is just and he will judge and for some reason we don't teach that enough He loves you enough to to discipline you. He loves you enough to give the truth to you. And so you have to admit you're a sinner. And then once you admit you're a sinner, you have to repent. How many sins does it take for you not to go to heaven? And I guarantee you did that before you came to church today. Or before you watched this or listened to this. Just think about your day. Think about your Saturday night. You have to believe that Christ died and was resurrected on the cross. And then all you do is you ask Christ to come into your heart and your life and be Lord of your life. And that's it. It tells you in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto unrighteousness or with righteousness and with the mouth confesses is made unto salvation. So if you're watching this from home or listening to this on the podcast later or however you get this, I want to give you the opportunity. I just want you to pray this prayer after me. Isaiah, you can go ahead and come on up. Just pray this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe in my heart you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and be the Lord of my life. Help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.